Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 120 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry Dugan, and in just a moment, Brandon's going to join us as we have a conversation with Laura Lang. Laura Lang is a podcaster of the Peaceful Life podcast, and her website is thepeacefullife. Well, actually, I got that wrong. Thepeaceful.life. There we go. So you got to get past that dot com business because we got all kinds of opportunities. In any case, Laura lived most of her life, if not all of it, in the city. She grew up in Chicago, she moved to L.A., and the bustle and hustle of city life was just really starting to weigh down on her. So, she had a dream, and that was to live in the country, in rural America. Five years ago, she made that a reality. So, what we're going to do is we're going to have a conversation with Laura about what drove her to make that decision, what was life like while she was in the rut of living in urban life, and how does she feel today? How are, How's life different? How did she prepare to make that move? How did she overcome some of the objections her, her loved ones had about her decision to move to rural America? She's now living in Central California near one of the largest national parks in the world, Yosemite National Park. How many of you would love to live there? I know I would. Check out this episode. Here we go. Well, Brandon, welcome back. I mean, it's been like 10 minutes or a whole week, depending on if you're the listener or the person recording this. Yeah, let's take a minute and catch up on what I've done so far. Uh, I've drank water and looked at my phone. That's about it. Took you all week to do that. <laughs> that is so sad. So sad. No. <laughs> and we have Colin in from uh, Central California, Laura Lang, host of uh, the Peaceful Life podcast. And you, you already heard me say this in the intro, but I mean, you get to hear it again because that's the beauty of repeating yourself. Repeating myself. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So great to have you. Um, so I love diving in because <laughs> that's what I do. I don't see you dive swim right much, but I, you, yeah, you I don't use swim. that phrase a lot. Yeah, I do. I, I dive in, but I'm afraid of water. <laughs> Natural bodies of water specifically uh, because my dad – you don't know this, Laura, uh, but my dad let me watch Jaws when I was seven. <laughs> Oh my. Yeah. That so. was quite a while ago. Childhood and, trauma then? Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> swimming in the ocean. Okay. That makes sense. I'm, I'm afraid of that because Jaws might eat me. We uh, started this podcast for therapy reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it's when I was like 15 years old and I wouldn't jump in the deep end of the pool because <laughs> Jaws might get me. But yeah. most sharks yeah. do live in chlorinated swimming pools. They could, so, you yeah. don't know, <laughs> man. You don't know. Uh, but anyway, the football team said if I wanted to keep playing football, I had to get over that fear. At least of the swimming pool jaws. Um, they let me keep the other one because that could actually happen. Anyway, that's not the reason. <laughs> uh, so, Laura, I, I like to open up our episodes really with an icebreaker I call uh, Six Degrees of Separation Factor Fiction. So, in a moment, you're going to tell us how you're connected to the one and only the great Renee Zellweger, uh, Brandon's favorite actress of all time. And uh, after that, Brandon's going to guess if what you just shared with us is fact or fiction. Uh, I just broke his winning streak last week, but now I want to keep, I want to start a losing streak. So let's see how we do. Or it just seems like a really honest person. So I, I think I'll get that. Dang it. You can't influence our guest, man. That's my job. <laughs> so Laura, how are you connected to Renee Zellweger? 
So I went to middle school with Thomas Mapother, who is the cousin of Tom Cruise, who made um, the famous Jerry Maguire with Renee. I'm going to say false. False. <laughs> Dang it. You're good at this. <laughs> she was too quick with the names. I was like, she had those uh, names down. I was like, wait a minute. I should I should start coaching our guests on how to, how to trick Brandon. <laughs> so far, everybody who's claimed they personally know Renee has fooled Brandon. Yeah, because they were, they were telling the truth. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for indulging me on that. Brandon, congratulations. Sure. You got your winning streak started again. So uh, we'll, we'll get you next time. So other than Renee, tri- uh, what is it, uh, <laughs> trivia and Jaws trivia, why did Laura join us? Oh, okay. so um, <laughs> I bet she has a better story than she that. She does. She really does. Uh, Laura actually grew up in the city and one day just realized she was in a rut and that something had to change. So Laura, why don't you go ahead and take us away the story of your life. <laughs> in 50 words or less. I love that. Well, more than 50 words. <laughs> I was always a city girl, like you said. I grew up in the Chicago area. And after graduating college, I moved to Los Angeles and had my career there. Um, worked corporate. I also worked in the dot-com industry for many years. And I just always had this dream of picking up and moving to the woods, you know, to the mountains. Um, Los Angeles was right near the ocean. And I know a lot of people love the ocean, but that just wasn't really my thing. Um, And I raised my daughter there. I was a single mother. And um, it was almost a planned exit. I knew that when she went away to college, that I would have the opportunity to live wherever I wanted. So I started planning early and I started visiting different communities. I went to Lake Arrowhead and I went to a small community kind of near uh, Los Angeles, about an hour north called Pine Mountain Club. And then I realized that, you know, one of my favorite places to visit was Yosemite National Park. I'd been here, you know, several times. And each time it was just a total decompression. And um, it was a lovely visit. So what I did was I started researching communities around the park. And I um, found Oakhurst, which is a town of about 7,000 full-time residents And it's not so isolated that, you know, I don't have neighbors. I do have neighbors, (laughs) but I am living among nature and among wildlife. And we have actually two Starbucks. So that was cool. And uh, so that was my big move. And it was a couple months after my daughter took off for college that I took off as well. And luckily, you know, with the state of the Internet, anyone can really work remotely. And I was lucky enough to have a job where I could work remotely. And uh, I changed my life. Oh, man. Was one of your concerns, if if you go out and live in the woods in the middle of nowhere, would you have Internet and all of the other things? Was that one of the things you had to really research? or? Absolutely, because at the time I was looking, um, the community called Pine Mountain Club didn't even have cell service. <laughs> it was very small, very remote. It was one of those things where if something happened to you, you had to get airlifted right. you know, to the closest hospital. Um, and the closest hospital here is still about 40 minutes away. So that's a concern. But, um, 
But yeah, I did do some research. And Oakhurst, because it's a tourism trade community, it's the last stop um, before the park. And um, so they're a little more technologically advanced. And I was able to get decent internet and cell phone service. Nice. So what was it about city life that made you feel like you were in a rut? Like, what were you feeling um, day to day uh, before you made that move to Oakhurst? Well, Los Angeles in particular, um, it's just a mindset. Everyone is very stressed and they're kind of out for themselves. And I'm probably <laughs> going to get some haters saying, no, I live in L.A. and I love people. But um, a lot of people are very into there. It's insular. Mm-hmm. So I would move into a neighborhood and then just not meet anybody, even though I tried to be friendly. Um, so the millions of people, you can feel very isolated in a big city. Whereas when I moved to a smaller community, it was really opposite. Uh, People came to introduce themselves to me right off the bat. Um, I got involved in community um, organizations. And I have more friends now than I ever did. Um, And then, you know, to top it off, there's the noise and the congestion (laughs) And, you know, if it rains, it takes you an hour and a half to drive five miles. So it's just everything that built up in the 20 years that I lived in L.A. plus Chicago um, that made me kind of just want the peace and quiet. That's cool. I I would think that would make perfect sense to a lot of our listeners because I lived in an apartment for a short time. And so there were, I don't know, hundreds of people that lived in this complex and I knew maybe one or two and, and I've lived in neighborhoods and I grew up this way where you knew everybody within, you know, a mile of your house, Mm -hmm. you just knew everybody. So that, that kind of is inversely logical, but it makes sense. Whenever you think about it, you work in a big, you know, office tower, you probably know Nobody, but if you work in like a little small mom and pop kind of shop, you know, everybody that walks in and out of the door. And so that's something that always kind of drove you. But whenever you decided, okay, I'm going to move out in the middle of nowhere or at least near a national park, how many people, and maybe it was family or maybe just friends that were like, okay, that's crazy. I would never, you're going to like have to kill your own food and build your own house or what are you going to do? Oh, yeah, you probably met some resistance in this move. <laughs> I did. I mean, my mother thought that I was going to be killed by random murderers in the woods. (laughs) Right. Um, And she kept saying, you know, make sure everybody knows where you are at every time. (laughs) Um, I think she was the most concerned. But um, and my friends called me brave. You're so brave. Um, And I thought, I'm not really brave. I'm following my dreams. And I love it. You know, to me, that's not brave. That's just doing what you want to do and setting up your life so that you can live the way you want to. Um, And that comes down to kind of orchestrating your career so you can be at the spot. You know, I was, what, 50, a little before 50 at the time when I moved. And I tell people I probably wouldn't have done it at 25. I needed the city at 25 (laughs) years old. Um, At the start of my career, I needed... um, downtown hustling and bustling and, and that kind of thing. And the, I worked in several law firms. Um, so that's as corporate as you can get. But at 50, it felt right for me in, in my time of life. What's something that you, you 
you researched and you kind of thought about and everything else, but what's something that really surprised you about living where you live that you didn't know, didn't expect? Um, there were so many things that surprised <laughs> me. You thought you had there. it all figured out when you walked um, in. <laughs> you know, you want peace and quiet, but the extent of the quiet was really disconcerting as at first, you know, you go to sleep and you hear nothing and maybe an owl hooting in the distance, which movies have told you that means something ominous is out (laughs) there. Right. So it's, it's a little scary after you're used to the sirens and you're used to hearing people around you. Um, If, if I heard a person that meant that they were on my property you know, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to hear them. Um, the other surprising thing, which was a lovely surprise, was the wildlife. Um, I had to get used to it as a city girl, <laughs> seeing snakes yeah. and, you know, seeing hyenas or whatever walking across my property. <laughs> um, I had a wild cat on my back porch that my dog saw first. He alerted. (laughs) And then I looked at it and I was just like, okay, time to come inside. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Um, So it's, and and what I realized is that, you know, we've taken over their domain. So you can't kill them. I wouldn't do that anyway. I'm vegan. Um, You have to respect these creatures that you're living among because it was theirs first. Right. So it's a totally different mindset, you know, to live among the wildlife. That's really important. And I have some friends in Colorado that always say that because they'll have the bears, you know, come with the trash cans and stuff. And they always say, you know, we moved where they were. They didn't come to us. Now, if they're in downtown LA, then yeah, we probably should do something about that. But you're the one that moved to where they lived and built your house. So I know when I was in LA once and I woke up in the hotel room, like, I don't know, the crack of dawn, maybe even before to all these helicopters, because all the CEOs were landing on top of the businesses or, you know, all the important people, I guess, because I never did that. But yeah. uh, I I was talking about it to one of the guys that we were talking in their meeting and he goes, I never really noticed that because they, he just grew up there. He's used to it. It's, it's annoying probably to new people, but to other people, they're like, I don't, I don't even hear it, but I can imagine you moving out of that noise into just total silence. You hear almost everything. And what's funny is that now when I go back, It's just so loud. (laughs) The city is just almost really overwhelming to me, you know, to the point where you're hearing the traffic and the construction and the helicopters and the sirens. I thought, how did I do this for 20 years? Because now I'm spoiled. Right. I really got into backpacking. Uh, finally, after many years of saying I will get into backpacking. (laughs) Uh, So just this last year. And I remember I was just watching some of the videos I've posted on, on YouTube, just kind of record my trips. And that first trip, I'm jumping at every grasshopper that moved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a snake. That's a snake. And then I look, and it's on the video. Like, you, you see me look this way. You see me look that way. And and there's fear in my face. Like, do I have to fight? You know, like, do army <laughs> skills come back? Do I remember any of those army skills? Wrestle a snake. And, <laughs> and then I see this little tiny grasshopper come out of the grass. I'm like, I just jumped because of a grasshopper. Uh, but – what I have also noticed is the, the longer I'm out there in nature is like more of my senses come back to me. And so, uh, by the end of a two or three day trip, even I, I have better night vision. I can, I can hear 
with a little bit more accuracy where things are. And so, you know, one of my friends was kind of jealous because now whenever I go out, I'm spotting wildlife, coyotes, right. deer, armadillos, uh, the last trip, mm-hmm. uh, alligators. That's right. Big, got al- alligator I mean, even little time. alligators are like 20 feet away that, you know, my, my whole family just sort of like pranced right by. And I'm like, <laughs> That's an alligator right there. Right. And, and so anyway, one of, my, one of my friends on Facebook was jealous that, you know, every time I go hiking, I see nothing. Jerry goes and he's spotting wildlife left and right and getting cool videos and pictures of it. And, and, uh, and listening to you share your experience, it, it's reminding me like, Oh yeah, as I'm disconnecting from, you know, urban life a little bit, just, you know, for a weekend, even uh, more of my senses are coming back. My awareness is coming back of what's around me. And, and just, you were talking about when you go back to LA, uh, you know, just how loud it is, how busy it is. It, right. it made me realize, or at least ask myself the question, like how much of our senses do we dull because we're surrounded right. in a city? Like, you know, there's, there's only so much we can take in that we kind of shut things down mm-hmm. and, you know, it, when you really think about what is around us in a city, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Well, I'm working on an episode for my podcast on peace and quiet and how quiet is really necessary for both adults and children as well, especially children, because they have so much sensory input. Um, and, um, you might know that it's specifically for autistic children. It's very disturbing, but even for, um, for children who are uh, neuronormal, as they say, um, it, the video games and the noises and the cartoons and all that can really disturb a child's peace. Right. Um, so I've found that, um, you know, coming to this place and having the nature and the fresh air and, and it does hit all of your senses, <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, Food and tastes better. <laughs> but it does, it really does because you have time to concentrate, um, that it brings more peace to my life. And that's kind of how the podcast started. And I'm not telling everybody that they have to pick up and move to the mountains, obviously, <laughs> but there are just little strategies like that. You can have quiet time in your home even if you live in the middle of Los Angeles Um, and just make that a priority and that can give you a little more happiness in your life. Right. That that's such good advice about, you know, wherever you are, just turn, you know, I always tell people there's, there's a little thing about every phone and it, and it's a power button. It's okay to use that power button and just shut the whole thing down because, you know, if you're not the president or maybe a, you know, brain surgeon, Nobody needs you that bad every minute of the day. You take that back. Shut no that kidding. down, you know, and just take a little break. And and I was kind of having one of these moments yesterday. We had a really, really busy week with all kinds of things going on. And I, I just told my wife, I said, I just need, I, I usually run in the mornings. And I said, I, I hadn't gotten to run partly weather and partly because schedule, but I said, I just need to get out there on the road alone and I'll have my, uh, Bluetooth, I've got like a cap thing that's got Bluetooth speakers in it, but I can just play something that doesn't matter. I don't, I'm not trying to learn anything and I'm just getting kind of away and, and getting out of my own head. And I need that in order to recharge my batteries to deal with everything else. And so I love right. that concept. I'd even add the running or even in my case, hiking without a headset on. Oh yeah. Completely different experience mm-hmm. than having those head headphones on listening to something. I love to do that outside of the city. Then yeah. you can, cause inside uh, yeah. you got noise. So I like it sure. because it kind of blocks out the other stuff, but definitely. 
So what would you say to someone that wanted to say, hey, I'm just going to quit my job tomorrow and I'm going to move out like Grizzly Adams and just I'm going to live among the bears. I wanted to do that as a kid. I thought, man, this dude has figured it out. I'm going to move out. My best friend's going to be a bear. It's going to be awesome. Uh, my mom wouldn't let me do that. Fortunately, <laughs> I'm sure the bear probably would have killed me or something. I don't know, but I would, I would have probably just killed myself out there by myself. But what would you say to somebody that says, oh, well, she did it. I'm going to run out there and do it now. Well, my advice would be that I didn't do it haphazardly. Um, I made sure I could still make a living and support <laughs> myself. I um, did my research on what kind of community would be best for me. Um, and so, you know, it's easy to say that I'm moving to the mountains, you know, <laughs> but it, it was really more calculated than that. And I'd say everybody's different. If you want to be more isolated, you can definitely be more isolated. If you need people in a community for support, then look for places like Oakhurst um, or Mariposa. Or I'm sure there are little towns all over the country that have that those kind of opportunities for you. So, you know, my number one piece of advice is, you know, take your time because it's a huge move right? Um, and make sure you have support. So what about somebody that says, well, there's no way for me to move and do that. Maybe I'm not even like Jerry and can get out and do some, some hiking away from a home. What, what like quick advice could you give them for just creating some sort of peaceful place in their own home or, you know, wherever they are? Uh, that's a great question. My first episode was about simplifying your life. And, you know, there's this whole simplicity movement. Um, and I featured a book that um, it was not a sponsored episode or anything. <laughs> I just loved this book and it changed my life. And it was called Clutter Busting uh, by Brooks Palmer. And it wasn't just about cleaning out your clutter. It was about the emotions behind that. And I think it's really important not to let your stuff overtake your life, um, whether it's furniture or electronics or devices or toys. Um, I think the most important thing you can do is go through your home because your home should be your sanctuary and make sure it's simple and loving and you feel peaceful in your home. First and foremost, um, we've all walked into a friend's house that just feels incredibly chaotic and they don't see it anymore because it's their stuff. Um, but I would recommend this book to anyone who's interested. I got it when I was moving. And so that was a, a an incredible opportunity to downsize all my stuff. I didn't want to move all this stuff 250 miles. But um, you can use it anytime uh, to just simplify because even just looking at all this stuff in your room can make you stressed. Right. Um, and you don't realize that, but it's it's a visual stressor. Um, and then you start thinking, well, I have to clean up now. Or <laughs> things are out of place or why are there clothes on the floor? And, you know, so. You know, the piece of advice, no matter where you live, is to make your home your sanctuary. Make sure that no matter where you live and how chaotic it is in any city, that you can come home to your own sanctuary and be at peace. 
That's such good advice. That was kind of my conversation with my wife last night was this has to remain a sanctuary. We've had our grandkids a lot because of some other issues with the family. We've been just had them a lot this week. And I said, you know, being able to come home and, and this be my sanctuary is so vital to my peace of mind. And the people that run into me know when I've not been to my sanctuary. So it's, and my, one of our sons is moving out and to his own apartment, but he's got a lot of stuff in our garage right now. And so it's kind of like I walk in and I see that that stresses me because I'm just that way. I like minimal stuff. I don't like a lot of things around me. I don't want to own a boat. My neighbor does this and he doesn't listen. So I'll use him as an example because <laughs> he's always complaining about it's like I, he's got a boat, but he's constantly either taking care of the boat, cleaning the boat, moving the boat, doing things with the boat. And I'm like, you have a toy that you work at. I don't oh, want yeah. a toy that takes most of my time up. And so I don't like extra stuff like that. So I love that concept. Exactly. And I've got a good friend that I, I noticed on Instagram. We went to high school together. She's been going through this. I think it's like seven days of seven things, taking them out of your house and things that, and she's mm-hmm. posted some pictures of it. And she's always kind of been that minimalist and do, you know, le- clean living and that kind of thing. So she, this really opened up for her that she had a lot of old stuff that she just kept because it was there, but she's emptied a bunch of drawers and closets and just stuff that's like, I don't need all that stuff. And Cause like you said, you're just taking care of it. You're cleaning it, packing it, moving it, whatever. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use cap show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or YouTube videos into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Right, and one thing that I got rid of that I never thought I would was all my old journals. For some reason, I thought I had to keep them. I mean, they went back to high school, (laughs) and... Journals are pretty are, are worth it if while you're writing them, they're cathartic, you get your feelings out, but you really don't want to go back and read it. Every time I did that, I felt bad. Um, you know, it, it's usually not a great time in your life if you're journaling. You don't journal about happy things. You yeah. journal about the things that are bothering you. So I was like, why do I have all these? And after I read the book, I'm like, I'm just going to burn them. I don't need them anymore. (laughs) And it was so freeing. And I'm like, goodbye, 1985. I don't need (laughs) you anymore. I really don't need you. Goodbye, 1992. So long. I'm living in the present now. And that felt really great. That's awesome. I love that concept. Yeah. I'm like you. I love to journal, but once it's out, I really have no use for it. (laughs) I I have this kind of habit that I started years ago where I would start, I would open up back then it was a word document, but now you can just start an email and I'll just start typing and I'm, you know, complaining or whining or whatever you want to call it. And then like, as soon as I get done, just delete it. You know, don't send it to anybody. And you know, you quit your job, you quit your family, you quit 
civilization or whatever, and then just delete it and move on. And you've gotten it out and no record of it, and you don't need to send it anywhere. Now, my wife exactly. says I have to keep mine because apparently they're very hilarious to her. So, <laughs> <laughs> I did have a friend. We had this thing going where it's like, okay, you want to quit everything in your life? Send that email to me, not you know your boss or your wife oh, or yeah. whatever, and then I'll just ignore it and nobody will really be affected by it, but you got to get it out. But don't send that kind of stuff to your boss and you know, the world and quit and all that kind of stuff. That's a good strategy. Cool. Because sometimes thought, uh, we react when we should be thinking about something first. Yeah. Right. How did Johnny lose his job? Well, we, you know, <laughs> we all need that person too, that, you know, in your life. And sometimes it can be you to some extent, but that you can just quit everything with just to get it out. And then you kind of work through it. You know, I've got a couple of people like that and Jerry's one of them where, you know, you can just say, okay, I'm quitting everything and I'm just going to leave and go live on a desert Island or whatever. It's like, get that out, but then don't do any of that stuff. Now let's think through it. Okay. You're going to live on a desert Island. That's great idea. There's a lot of great islands in the world. You have no ability to build anything or capture food or, you know, really survive. So you probably shouldn't do any of that stuff. Great concept, but don't act on it. That's friends weird. are incredibly important. <laughs> you know, family is one thing, but, you know, friends are, they're what keep me going as well, even during the hardest times. Absolutely. How, how do you think life would have gone for you if you didn't make this transition, though? If you didn't unplug from the city, where would you be today? Uh, probably curled up in a ball crying. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I... I might have moved back to Chicago because my family is tending to migrate back there. Um, as both my parents passed in the last couple of years, we kind of only have each other, the siblings. Mm -hmm. So I might have done that and moved back to my original community <laughs> because I have a lot of support there. I, I love the fact that you didn't really do this to prove anything to anybody or really even yourself. You just didn't want to live the rest of your life or maybe the next 10, 15 years in regret of not trying it. So you, you did it. And if it didn't work, you could always do something different, move somewhere else or back to Chicago or whatever. But you didn't want to live with that regret. That's always been my philosophy, um, especially when it comes to my career, too. If you're not happy, then get out. And if you try something and it doesn't work, then so be it. It's something that you've learned from. You know, I don't believe in failure at all. Um, if I moved to the mountains and I felt isolated or it just didn't work for me, I move again. So what? <laughs> you know, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> it's my life and I'm in charge of it. So, um, yeah, that's always been my philosophy. If I wanted to do something, I just tried it. And there's, I'm, I'm very entrepreneurial and there are some projects that have worked out and there's some projects that were just, you know, I had a previous podcast that absolutely nobody listened to. So I'm like, ah, okay, time to give it up. I waited a couple years and, you know, this was kind of ruminating in my head about it, it, 2017 was kind of a tough year um, for the country and personally. And I thought, instead of what can make me money, I thought, what can I do to kind of give back to the world and make it a better world and, and do something that might make people feel a little better. <laughs> um, so I thought, yeah, I got all this podcasting stuff. 
maybe I'll just take all this information and strategies that I've put together for myself and, and put it out there. And if one other person listens, then I'm happy and so be it. But um, luckily enough, I've got almost a thousand downloads in a month and a half, which is just incredible to me that there's there's actually people listening. I'm, <laughs> I'm really grateful to it. I mean, you know how that feels, oh, yeah. um, although you're three years in. Um, but it's always amazing when you're like, oh, there's people out there. They actually <laughs> want to hear what I have to say. And and I'm so grateful. And I love that. that. That's such a great, if more people just felt like I'm just trying to do something that helps other people, then imagine, you know, what kind of world we'd live in. And and right. I'm I'm the same way. When when Jerry told me I, one of the first numbers he gave me, I think was like we had a hundred downloads, and I just thought, okay, I'm assuming maybe ten percent of them accidentally downloaded the podcast, but <laughs> there's like ninety people that intentionally downloaded it and listened. And for to the record, it. that was three years ago. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was much, much that was early on, and I was just like, seriously. And then then you get text or an email or just a comment somewhere, and you're just like, okay, great, something we said or some guest we brought on helped you and that's all we really ever wanted to do and so the world's a little better because we did it and if everybody kind of does that eventually we'll be in a really good place yeah i hope so i really <laughs> so, hope so so what's next for you you've you've made this big move you've got your podcast it's like what's kind of your next goal or next thing you want to do i just want to work on the podcast obviously it's really early on in this project so i kind of want to see where that goes and um, meanwhile, I have a day job, and I'm very grateful for the clients that I work with. I, I help the small businesses in this little community um, be more technologically proficient, and that's fun. So I just kind of take it day by day. I really don't have any major plans beyond this, except hopefully to be able to stay here and, uh, and live my life as peacefully as possible. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's yeah, it's it's great in its own simple way too. It's mm-hmm. like you're, you're going to be content. I, yeah. I think, right? Yeah, I like that. And we need both. We need those that you know. I want to go out and change the world, and you know, launch a rocket into space. I can't think of the guy's name that just did that, but had the Tesla Elon car. Musk. Yeah, Elon. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, and we need those, but we right. also need people that just want to have the impact in their local community, you know, because with both, you can really do some amazing stuff. Exactly. I mean, my point to um, throughout my podcast is, you know, you don't have to be overwhelmed by what's going on in this world. Just take care of your little corner of it and then it will all add up. Right. Yeah. I like that. There you go. So how do people get a hold of you? How can they find you? They want to learn more about the podcast and just find out more about you. Uh, the website is thepeaceful.life. That's not .com or .net. <laughs> it's .life. Um, and the podcast is available all over on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, um, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to your podcasts, it's probably there. And they can write me anytime at laura at thepeaceful.life. Awesome. And your home address? <laughs> Don't you don't have to, I'll bleep it out. We were joking earlier about, yeah, we give out all that information, but I I highly recommend anybody just reach out and, and, you know, you got a question about 
something you're dealing with, or maybe, you know, you just had a question about what Laura did, reach out and ask the question because too many times we hear these kind of things and think, oh, that'd be cool, but she's probably too busy to deal with me. It's like, reach out, ask the question because that's how we found Laura is we just reached out and said, hey, come on. And she's very generous with her time and, and I'm sure would love to help you and download the podcast and you'll get all kinds of great information. Yeah, definitely. We have some really great episodes coming up too. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Laura. It's just been awesome to talk to you. And I know some people are going to get some great stuff out of this and your podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 120. There we'll share with you a link to Laura's website, thepeaceful.life, as well as to how to subscribe to her podcast, whether it's Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, she also shared a book title called Clutter Busting by Brooks Palmer. I'll put the link there for you so you can check out that book, uh, read it for yourself, tell us if you liked it or not, or if you applied it or not. And I'll also put in a couple of episodes of her show just so you can get a feel for uh, what that show is like. And there you have it. Uh, another week, you got to listen to us. And if you want to support our show, the best way you can support our show right now is to send $1 million in small unmarked bills to... Oh, wait. Now, Brandon's telling me that's not how we do it. That the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or even that neighbor across the street. We're glad you joined us, and we look forward to meeting with you next week on Beyond the Rut. In the meantime, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. My name's Jerry Dugan. Sometimes I mess up. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.